we we know LA is gonna do what it's gonna do. But Chicago is still so underrated that it's like there's potential for you to do so much there because a lot of people aren't. From Harold Washington to Harold's Chicken and everything in between and beyond, Sociology is the exploration of Chicago culture, history, legends, stories, and fiction through a myriad of discussions with Chicagoans themselves. Here's another SAT Sociology Awareness Test question for you. Who was the first black filmmaker to have a film with an all-black cast? Don't Google it. Just listen to this episode. The answer is in there somewhere. This week on Sociology, I'm talking with Shaquille Roberts. She is a brilliant independent filmmaker from the south side of Chicago. And on this episode, she's going to tell us all about her filmmaking journey and how with each completed project, she gained more confidence, more faith, and her unwavering ambition has brought her her biggest accomplishment in her early career thus far. Let's get right into it with Shaquille Roberts. So Shaquille Roberts, uh, that's your name, correct? Yes. From Inglewood. Yeah. South side of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me, tell the sociology listeners, at what point did you fall in love with the movie business, with cinema, with film? Like, when did that happen? so um I've always been like a storyteller so like from a young age I was always like writing books and like little stories so that's always been like a passion of mine being a storyteller and so during high school I went into journalism and I like did journalism for like five years and so like coming out of um high school I was like okay what other type of writing do I want to do and I had just watched The Dark Knight, which came out in 2008, which is when I was graduating high school. And I was like, man, this is a freaking awesome movie. And what high school did you go to? I went to High Park. Okay, High Park. Yes. Yeah. And so I literally saw this commercial of AI and was like, and they were like, yeah, like, um, have you ever just like watched a movie and was like, hey, that's what I want to do. And I was like, yeah, that's me, you know? And I ended up like going to AI <laughs> and like, going for writing but in the process of me going for writing I had to learn the entire business of films I had to learn directing I had to learn producing audio so I that's kind of how I got more into like the directing producer side of it starting off with writing and then just kind of like being pushed and forced to do directing and producing actually liking it Mm -hmm. and when you say you went to AI let the people know what that means So AI is, so I went to the Illinois Institute of Art, which is part of the art institutes. Yes. And so that, that's where you went after high school. And that's like kind of how you were submerged into the movie business. Right. And well, not the movie making, you know, business. Uh, Yeah. When, what, what would you say was like something that you learned early on in this journey where you was like, whoa, like, what did I get into? Like, what did you love the most initially? And what did you kind of, you were adverse to initially that you had to kind of warm up when it came to this? Initially, I loved being able to see something that I create on the screen. Um, So it was like a different medium because I was in journalism. So I would be able to see my work published 
But to actually see on the screen my work come to life was like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, what kind of like made me say, whoa, what did I get myself into was the amount of um, collaboration it is in this industry. I was like, whoa, I got to talk to people. I got to walk with people. I got to, like, <laughs> I was like shocked. Like I knew that you needed people, but I didn't understand the extent to it until I really got into it. And it was like, oh no, you can't be a one woman band. Like you need people. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, that's what kind of frustrated me so much. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, you know, I've always been a storyteller too. And um, growing up as a kid, you know, I would be watching movies I ain't had no business watching. Like, um, <laughs> for example, it is a, a movie um, that was filmed in Chicago called Backdraft about firefighters. And, you know, just unfortunately this week, Chicago lost two firefighters. So rest in peace mm -hmm. to those firefighters and condolences to their families. But, you know, I love that movie so much. I wanted to be a firefighter. And mm -hmm. I'm like eight, nine years old watching this movie about firefighters, you know what I'm saying? And I had no business watching this movie. You got you got mm -hmm. people in like burning buildings and shit. They cussing, doing all types of stuff. It, it was crazy. But that movie sparked like something in me. I'm like, damn, I want to I wanna make something like that. I want to be a firefighter and I want to make movies about firefighters. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but I just say that to say, you know, growing up, I always had that passion. I went to West Illinois. They didn't have a film major, so I majored in broadcasting and said, and my minor was film, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then after I graduated from Western, I wanted to pursue my master's in film. Um, and I applied to Columbia College twice. They denied mm -hmm. me twice, right? So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm going to figure it out on my own. So I produced my first short film, The Relationship Status, in 2012, right? And this is a long way of me saying, yes, the collaborations that go into filmmaking frustrated me so much man it's like each movie is his own business within itself mm, you know yes, what I'm saying? yeah like every single production is his own business within itself and like we only shot for two days it was a 10 minute short film and that shit stressed me the hell out <laughs> you know what i'm saying like trying to get all these schedules together yeah. you know trying to uh you know coming up with shot lists you know camera angles it's like bruh like this is this is not for the week yeah this is not yeah. the week and i have not produced anything film wise since <laughs> and that was over 10 years ago you know and it's not because i don't want to do it it's just because i figured out another route to go into right. storytelling which was for me podcasting and uh writing books and when i have the money and the budget i will get back to filmmaking so mm -hmm. individuals like yourself you know grassroots filmmakers deserve all the praise because when you look at those end credits in movies those are literally the credits of everybody involved in making that mm -hmm. movie and then you just have yourself yeah <laughs> you know? exactly so, so yeah i definitely um agree with you about how just frustrating that could be um like how how, how do you so what was your first project so you're, you're at ai what was your first project that you worked on and tell us about that project and how you executed it to get it to the final product my first project that i worked on is it the first project that matters or my first project let's do your first project my first project. first project yeah man oh man i know it was like the worst thing in the world um so what was so bad about it what was so bad about it well i mean i was like a freshman in school it's my first movie um and that's when 
I was kind of working by myself um, because everybody who's a freshman, like you're the camera person, you're the director, you're the producer, and you're the like boom operator. So I'm like running sound with the camera right here and I'm like directing the actor. So it's like this little short, my dad was like the dad and like I just got like this young student to play like um the daughter and it basically was like the dad this movie was terrible but it basically was like, like the dad who um he his daughter was like going out with this new guy okay. and so the guy comes over and his dad is like trying to see if he can like drink this shot you know because it's supposed to be like a man drink or whatever okay so kind of like basically size him up like are you man enough for my daughter so he's like so drink he's the shot drunk. Exactly. So she's like drinking a shot and then pushing it to the guy, and the guy's like, "No, I'm good." And the dad's just like throwing them back, you know. And then the daughter comes downstairs and she's like looking all good. And then the guy like takes the shot, like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I need something for this. It was terrible. <laughs> um, that was like my first project. And you was a freshman. That's that's hilarious. And uh, what was the running time for that? Um, that was about, I want to say like four minutes. Four minutes, yeah, because it seemed like just like a real quick scene. Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that's funny. Um, I think the first project I did was like me and my cousins, we had a camcorder. And it was like, we was like trying to be like power before power came on. Like yeah. it was like a drug deal. Like one of my cousins <laughs> had a blanket over him. It, it was, it was wild. It was wild. But like, I would say that was my first production. That was like early 2000s. But but yeah, so even with that four minute scene, how long did it take you to produce it? Oh man, we were all day with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were all day. It was like three characters, but of course I was playing like every role behind mm -hmm. the scenes. So yeah, we it took us all day to do all that. All day, all day for four minutes. Yeah. And didn't even like it. <laughs> no, it <was> terrible. <laughs> and didn't even like it. Um, so yeah, that was the first one that didn't count. Tell us about the first one that did count. The first one that did count was my thesis. So none of them in between like freshman year and like my thesis coming out of school. That the other, uh, not the other wife, um, the dinner party. Okay. That was the first project I made that like actually matter only because it was my thesis. And that was the first project where <clears throat> I did film festivals and things like that. So that project was super fun. So it was about a wife who um, basically brings all of her husband's mistresses to a dinner party Whoa. to find out who's pregnant. And Whoa. it's like six mistresses. I know. It Whoa. was like crazy. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like trying to find out which one of them is pregnant. Um, and she got had like has her husband like tied up and she's like really threatening people and just like, I want to know which one of you are like pregnant by my husband so that was like my thesis film coming out of college it actually did really well in festivals okay and like it did a few screenings too T tell us about the festivals what festivals was it in and all of that um so it was in like a few like indie festivals one of them was like it was called like indie fest okay. um and then there was another one called rooftop festival and that was literally on a roof rooftop um mm -hmm. uh, so there were like a lot of like small local um festivals in chicago where i just like submitted it not thinking that it would do anything um and so i was shocked when it like got 
chosen for these um these festivals you were shocked because why, why were you shocked though was you shocked because you didn't feel you were worthy or I was shocked because like I said like coming out like especially like coming out of college I was shocked that something came that came from me other people took to you know because it's one thing where your family's like oh you're so great and I love your movie it's another thing when like companies and corporations and people outside of you and outside of your circle are like oh we like this we love this you know so I was shocked I was like whoa okay I might have something here you know you want to something and you wrote the dinner part how long was the script and how long was the running time for the film so the dinner party the script was about 12 pages and yeah it was it's, it's roughly like 11 to 12 minutes yeah, they usually say like a minute per page. Yeah, yeah. So it was, was kind of on a mark. What genre was it? Because it sounds like it was like a thriller or a drama to me. So it was a thriller okay. and a drama. But so what's crazy to me is that though I don't try to do comedy, I always get a laugh. Like in some type of way, there's always like a, a hint of comedy in everything that I do. And so people were like, oh, we love this. Was it also like comedic? And I was like, if that's what you got from it, you know, <laughs> like, I wasn't going for it, but yeah, yeah. if you got a little comedy in it, hey, sure. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess you could say it was a, there was like a hint of comedy in it. Kind of like it's giving Quentin Tarantino, like serious right. with like some comedic uh splashes in there. Yeah. Um, got you. So okay, so the dinner party, you know, it did well at the festivals. You know, that was your thesis. And we all for those who don't know, thesis is the final project in film school, you know. Um after that, what what was next for you on your journey? So what was what was next after that? So after that, I graduated in 2017. Um, and so I just kind of like tried to go the route of like getting a job you know like coming out of college it's like okay I need a job and so I'm like man I'm like applying to all of these like <laughs> NBC and like I'm just applying to all these different like roles and um I quickly found out that's not how it works and I just wanted to continue to create so I ended up starting to like uh produced my next short which was called let go okay. um and it was about a family who gets a second chance with the mother who died so she comes back and so and that was a drama it was about 20 minutes but I I, I pretty much scraped up a lot for that because that was coming out of school and I didn't have the school's resources so I kind of just had to like grab a bunch of people some people that I went to school with and like contact some actors you know so let go I will say I give it the most flack of like oh, I, I wish I would have done so much more with it or like I wish I've done better with it but let go did the best in film festivals mm. hands down like even today, like I still get requests for um, screening that one. Mm -hmm. um, we actually screened it in December of last year, but it was made in 2018. So mm -hmm. it still like does really well. Um, I still get like a lot of people um, like requesting it. So I give it a lot of flack. But so so you're hard on it. Um, once again, 
but you know the people are saying oh we like this right yeah um you know and, and that's a testament to the craftsmanship because you know again indie filmmaker grassroots you gotta you gotta make a way like how how many people did you have helping you behind the scenes when you uh produce let go man i had i want to say like eight, eight. <laughs> i want to say like eight eight people who that's were better than none it is. It was actually great because Let Go was the first film where I actually felt like I'm the director and I have people in place to do the other stuff. So I didn't feel like I had to like be over my DP shoulder. I didn't feel like I had to be on my AD. Like at some point on that set, I just went and took a nap and I was like, hey, call me when it's set up. Because oh, life I was, was good. So tired. Yes, life I was, was exhausted. Good. It. When yeah, it wasn't good, but you know the fact that you had time to take a nap. I mean, yeah, I had to. I was so tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was so tired and I was so stressed out, and I and I just felt like I had a great team. Um, and once once they got moving, and once we got our cadence, everybody knew what to do. So I was like, all right, y'all good. I gotta go lay down. Like I'm tired. Yeah. Um, I will say Let Go. So Let Go um, got into all these festivals. It won for Best Writing and the Top Award. Thank you. Um, It also was nominated for um, Best uh, Original Idea. And it also was nominated for Best Actor, um, which my lead actor, Demetrius, um, he got nominated for that. So Let Go did really great. Like it really did put me on a map as award winning. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was your first one fresh out of film school. So it's, yeah. like, it's pretty much like your rookie year, you know, you already made an impact um in the independent film community here in Chicago and obviously, you know, the country. Um that's that's a testament, you know, again, to your craftsmanship and your dedication because, you know, like I said earlier in the episode. I still ain't produced nothing over 10 years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you, but you was able to go through the rigors of film school and come out of film school and put together a solid team. I think that's that's really huge. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Let Go probably would not have been as successful just from my outside opinion, just hearing you talk. If you didn't have that solid team, I mean, you could take yeah. a nap. Yeah. People, you have, people ain't been able to take naps. You know, the directors <laughs> ain't usually able to take naps, but you're able to take a nap. So that means you had a solid team in place that understood your vision, that understood the direction that you wanted to go in with this film, the tone, all of that. So um, that's that's dope. And this was, what we consider this the second one that counts at this point? Yes. That's okay, so we're the count. second one that counts at this point. Um Let's stop right now real quick because I feel like this is very important. I don't want people to miss this. Um, We're going to pick it right back up again. But um, explain your writing process because uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of people still don't understand that a good film, first off, needs a good script, a great script. Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about your writing process uh, real quick. How do do you approach a new script, um, a new idea and things like that? Yes, I'm so glad that you asked this question because it's just so many people that are struggling and I, and I struggled so much myself, you know, before I actually got a flow of things. Um, so my process, so uh, usually like when I get an idea, um, I try to think in that moment, I try to think as far as I can go with that story. Um, so I try to think it all out. If I can get to the end, I get to the end. If I don't, and I'm like, okay, all I got is a log line. All I got is a synopsis. Then I go with that. 
The next thing that I do personally, because I am a visual creator, is that I create my lookbook. I create my pitch deck, like whatever it is, like I create an image for me. So I'm like writing down, this is what the script is about. This is the character description. Who in my mind do I think who, what vibe is, is it? Is it giving Viola Davis? Mm -hmm. Is it giving Taraji, whoever? And I'm like putting this person in like, hey, Taraji's picture next to like yeah. Mary, you know, Thomas and like writing a bio. And I really do that because I'm a visual person. And I feel like it's so hard to write characters that you don't have a face to like it Absolutely. really is hard because it's like one day you think in Taraji the next day you think in Viola and it's like what is this character trying to say this is two different characters mm -hmm. so I usually create like I usually paint a picture for myself and I start grabbing those pictures I start putting in bios I start putting in backstory as much as I can tell um putting in the synopsis um, if I'm, if, if this is like a lady, you know, like a rich woman, like what does her house look like? What does her car look like? Like I put in all those details and I also found that that makes it fun for me. Like that makes me really want to write this story because I've completely created the world and like painted the picture. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, when I'm going and when, and when I'm starting off writing, I know who I'm writing for. I know what this character is. And then also once you start writing, the character is going to tell you where they want to go, you know, because you've already done your due diligence on like researching who this character is. And once you start writing, it flows. For me, yes. it flows. Yes, yes. Um, you know, with me, it's kind of like, how can I say this? When I get going, it's like an avalanche, you know. Yes. Um, but, you know, similar to your approach, you know, so I write novels now. Um, and I approach my novels as if they're movies because again, that's my first love, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I approach my novels as movies and like you said, every character in my head, I have to know what they look like. You know, I have to know like if, if this was a movie, I need to know what that actor is going to look like, you know, mm -hmm. or that actress, you know, and that helps me with creating this outline and from that outline, the outline is kind of like the skeleton and then... Mm -hmm. You just build around that skeleton. You you insert the flesh, you know, the muscle, the sinew, yeah. the nerves and all of that. And then it comes to life, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just really want to get the viewers and the listeners to know your approach to writing because, you know, everyone wants to make people like to say they want to make movies. They want to make content these days. But it always starts with the script. And I think yeah. with the evolution of technology with all of these cameras, you know, camera phones, um, you know, computers, iPads, everyone has access to record. It's not as um, tedious as it used to be, you mm -hmm. know, when I was in school and, you know, all of that. Um, but I think one of the things that people are missing these days is the approach to writing. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, you can record, you can film things with ease, but you still need a good story to film. And I feel like a lot of people skip that because mm -hmm. of technology. So yeah, I definitely just wanted to get your approach to that. Um, and that's definitely a great way to make it happen. Cause like I said, it makes it fun for you. You know, you gotta be fun. It has to be fun. You have to be a yeah. to create this, you know, once you lose yeah. enthusiasm, it's going to be dry and it's going to be lifeless. So and can I just add that I 
feel like when I don't do it, it's easy for me to abandon that script. Mm. Like when I don't, because I'm not invested in a character because I did not take the time on what these characters are mm -hmm. that like that a, a reality is that you do get to a point in a script sometimes where I'm bored with this mm -hmm. or like, uh, why did I start writing it? You know what I mean? But if you do your due diligence on your characters, you have some type of connection to them you have a some type of connection to their story so you feel like it needs to be told otherwise a lot of times i feel like when i don't do that i'm like mm, i don't do script no more you know and yeah. i abandon it not knowing like could it have been something could it not have i don't really care yeah 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 and and, and real quick do you write with the ending in mind and you go backwards no, most of the time I have, I usually have the beginning and the end, the end in my head. And like, I'm usually writing like, how do I get to that end? Um, and it usually doesn't look like that. But one thing my teacher told me that when, when you get an idea, write, just start writing it instantly. Write it while it's fresh. Um, and even if you don't write the whole thing, you're going to come back to it. Yeah. But if you let it simmer for a little while, if you're like, mm, I ain't got the middle of it yet, let me wait. I ain't got the end yet, let me wait. It's going to be six months later and you won't even re remember the beginning. Man, for real. Because <laughs> um, like, you know, one thing that I learned um, on my journey is similar to what you said, beginning and the end. Um, but I've always had the approach of like, what's my destination? Mm -hmm. You know, what's my destination? I know where I want to go. Now I can either take a plane to get there. I can take a car. I can take a train. I can walk, you know, right. like stiff ways that I can take to get there. But I know, I know where I want to go. So now I work backwards on how do I want to get there and how do I want to take the reader or the viewer to get there? So yeah, just was interested in uh, seeing your take on that. So now we got two uh, projects under our belt that count. Right. right. Um, we got two projects under our belt that count. You know, you, you've been doing well in the film festivals so far. Um, tell us about number three. Number three was um, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. <laughs> yes, lucky number seven. Um, and it was basically about a girl who was stood up six times and so she wants She's kind of hesitant about meeting up with this seventh guy. Um, so that was a short, like le lucky number seven was, was during COVID. You know, I spent all my little stimulus money cause I was still working. So <laughs> I spent all my little stimulus money to get that film together. Um, and it, and it was just a struggle, man. It was, it was really a struggle initially with lucky number seven with, me just getting to the point like I didn't have the right like equipment to edit you know it was just so much stuff where I was like man like what is this and um a friend of mine Justin JC he ended up editing it and so then I, I went into submitting it to film festivals mm -hmm. and it was getting rejected 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 and I'm like and what? this costs and that costs yes yeah let people know that costs as you submit yes Yes, yeah. film festivals are super expensive, like $35 to like $100. I've been seeing so many film festivals, like $60, and I'm like, 
man, like what is going on? Like we can't fund the festival. Like, you know, so film festivals are pricey, super pricey. And those things add up. So I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm like $300 into film festivals and they're all no, 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 no. So I was just like, man, maybe we need to re-edit it. Maybe we need, you know, like I was just kind of like down on it. And lo and behold, Black Harvest is free. Um, and so I submitted to Black Harvest, like, I, you know, I ain't losing it. It might've been free or it was $10, one of those, but it was super low. And it was just yeah. like, mm-hmm, you know, whatever, 10 bucks, here you go, submitted it. And like two months later, I got like a message like, hey, we're so excited to have your film in Black Harvest. And I was like, whoa. I was so amazed because Black Harvest is one of the biggest in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I was getting so much rejection from the smaller one, you know, like the smaller babies. And I'm like, man, like maybe it just isn't good. And so when I got the notification about Black Harvest, I was amazed. And, you know, that could be a sign telling you, like, stop shorting yourself. You know, uh, mm. you know, cause like, cause think about it. Black Harvest is huge, and it was yes. also less expensive than all these other ones, right? Right. And yet you was avoiding it because it was Black Harvest, and then you submitted it, and it was like, oh yeah, come on. You right. Know, once again, it's like you know, um, it's like your work is speaking for itself. Uh, right. So you got accepted to Black Harvest with lucky number seven. Yes. Got accepted to Black Harvest. Was was also great about Black Harvest is I remember few years before that being on the other side of that carpet and like taking pictures for somebody whose Mm. film was in black harvest Mm. and so now me a few years later i'm like oh man i'm on the other side you know of the carpet so that was amazing it was i mean it was it was like life came like full circle yeah 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 that's beautiful man so how how did it do in black harvest once you got up in there so it really it did well in Black Harvest. I will say um, something that was kind of like a blessing, but not really, was that I was the only um, Black woman in my category. Um, so I was I was happy to be there to have like some representation, but it also made me see like how important it is for me to do this work. Like we need people in these roles, like in these seats, especially black women. Um, And I also was like, you know, the only one there that was kind of like writer, director and producer. So uh, (laughs) I know (laughs) I'm like everything to the project. People are like bringing up like, oh, this was my producer. And like, oh, this was my writer. And I'm like, here I am. I'm all of them. <laughs> like, oh. I'm right here. Just the whole right. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of the black women filmmakers, you know, y'all are uh, making strides now more than before. Like black women filmmakers have always been around. Right. Um, but now, you know, y'all are starting to become more and more visible. You know, you got the Ava DuVernay's, you know, you got mm-hmm. the Rays, the, the Quinta Brunson's, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, in the Chicago film scene, um, have you been able to network with, quite a few uh black filmmakers here since your journey has started um i have i yeah i i've been able to to network with a lot of them um i would love for us to like do more together you know i would love for us to 
I don't know. There, there's just a different vibe mm. in black filmmakers and I'll say non-black filmmakers. Like there's just a different vibe and I would love for us to really like be kicking down those doors, you know, the way that some people are because we deserve it. You know, we deserve to be in a lot of these rooms and a lot of these spaces. Um, and it and it's crazy that we have to make room. Like I literally had to like push through some of these men on this panel, you yeah. know, when I was doing it. Um, so we, we really do have to like really push through, but we can do it. We can do it. Have you, um, obviously because you're a filmmaker, you've heard the chatter and the, um, just the, I ain't gonna say pressure, but you've heard, you've heard the talk about how gotta go to LA, you know, gotta go there. Like how, how do you, how do you handle that? Um, when people mention those things? Yeah, I was going to go to LA and I was going to go so many times. I was going to go for school and couldn't do it because I didn't have the money. Um, I was going to go recently and it just what the timing just didn't feel right. And ultimately, I was just like, you know, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right for me um, to go and kind of assimilate to what it is to be a filmmaker. You know, people are always like, oh, you've never been to LA? I'm like, no, and and I'm making films. You know, I'm just as much as a filmmaker. But I just, I've seen some people go to LA and then move back. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I've already gotten to the point in my career where like I've been like making strides for myself and like God has been like opening yes. doors for me. Yes. And so it's like, I don't, I didn't, I'm like, I don't need to go to LA so people can, you know what I mean? So I can ride somebody's wave or so I can get on somebody's team or so I can whatever. When I came out of college, like I had to kick down doors because they weren't being open. And that's, what's been working for me. I love that attitude. I love that ambition and I love that uh conviction that you have. You know, um I share the same sentiments. You know, it's no knock to those who move to LA. I actually interviewed a woman on this uh show that moved to LA and she has been doing her thing out there. Um shout out to Tanja, Tanja Stidham. She's from uh the Wild Hunts, you know. Um Okay. <laughs> you know, so she, and yeah, she's making big strides in the media industry. So, you know, it's, it's no shade to those who move to LA. It's no shade to those who move to Atlanta, you know, mm -hmm. New York. But, you know, if you're from Chicago, you can make it by living here in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Um, everybody's journey is different. And, you know, a lot of people forget Chicago was Hollywood before there was Hollywood. Yeah. You know, uh, and we can, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down. So I definitely applaud you for, you know, sticking to your guns and, you know, you've been making it happen. So you got three projects under your belt that count, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so is number four the one where we're going to get to the big news? Is that is that it? Number four. Number four. Make sure. Number four. Okay. Yes. But... So that's actually number five. So okay, my thesis five. was the dinner party, but I also had to do a thesis documentary. Um, and uh, that was kind of like one and two. So they both happened at the same time. Um, I did a documentary called Lissandra and it did, it did well in the festivals too. It was about a young girl who had like heart complications as a child. Um, and she ended up having to get like 
heart surgeries and brain surgeries as a baby and it, it really was talking about like her mom's journey with that okay so it was the dinner party Lysandra that was like two but one project because they happened around the same time okay. and then let go was third and then uh lucky number seven was fourth mm-hmm. and now the other wife is fifth the other wife let's get it to the other wife and let's okay. get it to you know uh the barriers that the other wife broke you know um uh, so let's let's talk about it the floor is yours Okay. The other wife is um, a series that I wrote um, about a woman who basically her husband dies and she finds out like his darkest secret. So she's pretty much uncovering a lot about her marriage that she did not know. Uh, But did she really know? Okay. We'll find out. Um, So the other wife came kind of like me, like just getting off of a fast and just like writing you know like praying what's next what do i do and then i came off of this 21 day fast and then the other wife happened it was kind of just me like pouring everything on the page Mm -hmm. um and so i wrote it me and like a a couple of my writer friends just went through like edits on it and i like really prayed and i was like hey guy if you get me a funeral home or, or or something I will do it like that was my term because I already knew the other wife was gonna be a big undertaking I was like if I get a funeral home I do it then out of nowhere mm. a funeral director mm. who was actually a filmmaker mm. messaged me and was like hey I work at a funeral home I'm a filmmaker I would love to support you and like, let me, you know, I'll subscribe to your YouTube. And I was like, Hey, can we get in the funeral home? You know, like I asked, like, are you able to shoot in the funeral home? He was like, let me get some connections together. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll do it. If I can get a hospital, you know, I was just like, <laughs> you know, it's this you blessing. Let's see what you, you know? And so, I ended up contacting Rush Hospital. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, we let Chicago men shoot here all the time. $10,000 a day. We'll send you a contract. I was like, yeah, send me a contract. Never read the contract because I already knew that wasn't in my budget. Yeah. And I actually had a friend who's working at, like, a medical school. And I was like, hey, do you know any other medical schools? I'm not going to ask your boss because you work there, but do you know any other medical schools? He was like, oh, you can ask my boss. I was like, oh, give me, you know, give me his contact. And I, and I asked them and they were like, yeah, you can shoot here. So mm. I was like, I guess I got to do it. You gotta know? do it. You, look, 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 God was like, okay, look, this is what you want. Here you go. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. We, we really doing this. Yeah. So then off of my little budget i was able to get the rest of the locations but those were the two biggest ones and i was like if i can't get these two especially during covid a hospital room and a funeral home they packed yeah they packed um and so i was like all right now i gotta do it (laughs) gotta do it yeah and we went through like eight days of auditions um this is a long process and then we started like just reaching out to any and everybody like, hey, do y'all want to come be on the set? 
one day, two days, three, how many days you can dedicate? Like, can you do it? Um, and we got, we actually got a lot of people for the other way. Well, it wasn't a lot. It was like 20, but that was a lot for us, you know, cause we were working on like eight to 10 people. So mm-hmm. um, that was a lot for us. And we, you know, we shot it and um, yeah, we shot it and it was great. <laughs> Y'all shot it. Y'all shot it. And um, when did principal photography take place? Like what, how long did it take? Um, so we started in July of 2021. We started in July of 2021 and then we shot for six days. So we shot for like three weekends. Okay. July into August. Okay. Then it, it, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Keep keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Um, Then, so we shot for the six days and then the same thing happened with the lucky number seven. I did not have the, the equipment you know, to be able to like continue on and like finish out the other wife. So I was just like sick about it. My funds was like dried up for the six day shoot. Like six days is a lot for me. You feeding people every day, you know, all of those locations. But a lot of times there's parking. Transportation. Transportation. Yes. yes. So six days of shooting was like, whoa. So my pockets were like drained. And I'm like, I ain't got no money to pay people for to edit. I can't edit because I don't have the equipment to edit. So there was just a, yeah, there was like a lag, a few, a few months of a lag before I like got back up to the other wife. I was kind of like going through a lot after that project. Yeah. And, and you got back to it eventually when I sold the funds, got back up, you know, um, well my cousin actually ended up like investing in me and my cousin's so she's so freaking supportive man that's good and she just yes and she literally like gifted me my computer and it was a brand new mac and she Mm. was like i believe in you and i was like i can't take this and she was like do it and i was I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, but she like saw like how much I went through, you know, with like being so upset about not being able to finish this project out and how much it meant to me, how much it meant to the people who worked on it. So I was like, okay, God, you really want this to happen. Okay. All right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. God was your uh, angel uh, investor. God was your financer. Yeah. God was all God right. Was your- your location uh manager right that's that's huge like it's with any dream with any dream it don't matter what it is it's so imperative to have people that believe in you yeah it's so imperative you know we we talk about filmmaking you know um shout out to my cousin adisa he was the one who uh bought my first camera you know this was like 20 this was right after i graduated college so i graduated college 2010 this was like 2011 and, and he knew, you know, how passionate I was about getting my business started. I just didn't have a camera. I had a money, you know, I had mm-hmm. no money mm-hmm. to buy a camera. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's like, you know, shout out to these high school kids. I go on tangents, shout out to these high school kids, but they don't know how good they got it. Like I was shooting high school sports this mm-hmm. season. They all got cameras, you know, they got 70 to 200 millimeters, Sony's, you know, all that. It's like, you know, that's a blessing because I had none yeah. of that in high school. I didn't have it coming <laughs> out of college. You know,
you know, but my right. cousin Adisa was like, look, man, if you really want this camera, if you really want to get it done, I need you to get it done. So I'm a bad for you, but I'm gonna need you to do what you say you're gonna mm-hmm. do. I'm like, look, say less. He bought it for me and the rest is history. Um, there yeah, was, it was man. with that camera I shot my first short film relationship status, yeah. but you know, the fact that your cousin bought you that computer so you could get the editing done, that's huge, man. So it's like, you know, you got the editing done, you finished the other wife, right? Tell us about what's going on now with the other wife. We, we know about the film festivals for the first three, four, yes. you know, that count, but like, what what's going on in the post-production and the distribution with this project? Okay, yes. So the other wife, I, I like to tell people about my failure. So I like- Got to. Tried to do the film festivals with the other wife. It was like, no, no, no. And I understood why, because it is a series, you know, so it's not really a short film, but I tried to go back to what I know, you know, and film festivals have been good to me. So I was like, oh, we can just go back to what I know. It didn't work out. So um, I, so we shot the pilot and the pilot was three, it was 30 minutes long. And I was like, man, it's so much drama in this first episode. If I just chop this up into three episodes, there's your first three episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I chopped it up into three episodes. Um, and then I just start, honestly, I just started cold emailing. I just start reaching out to everyone. If I saw a post on Facebook, I'm reaching out. Hey, do you, you know what I mean? If I saw something on LinkedIn that had the word TV or production or something like that, I just started like literally reaching out and got distribution. Um, Currently, the other wife got distribution through Exposure Plus TV. Um, and they distribute on Roku, Apple TV, um, Google Play Store, Apple Store, mm. and Apple TV. Mm. So I was so elated to like land that partnership with Exposure Plus TV. Um, I really thought it was the end. God be like, girl, <laughs> you always think it's the end and it's the beginning. Right, so right, yeah. right. God looking at you like, see, look at you worried about nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Look, that's so. Just to be clear, the other wife is available. Yes. On all of those platforms you just named. Yes, yes. The other Apple wife TV. is streaming on Apple TV, Roku, uh, Amazon Fire, and then you can also download it from the Google Play Store mm-hmm. and um, the App Store. So it's through Exposure Plus TV. So you just download the app or you add the channel to your Roku and Fire Stick, mm-hmm. um, and the other wife is there. It's there. Look, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Man. It all started with you um telling God, well, look, I ain't gonna do it unless I have a funeral home. Right. He was like, I ain't gonna do it unless I have a hospital. God was like, I right. have a hospital. And he was like, Well, God, I can't do it because I ain't got no computer. And God was like, Well, here's the computer. Bro. Right. Like, you know so like, we always have complaints, right? Yes. Um, especially as creatives, especially as black creatives. You know, yes. we always have complaints of why we can't do something. And then, you know, we talked about movies kind of like, you know, the old cliche, the cowboys at the end of the film, right, mm-hmm. show up and save the day, you know, from the damsel in distress. Um, you know, it's kind of like you was in distress, but God was like, no, nah, don't be distressed, you know. Right. I got this. And one thing I noticed, I don't know if you uh, know or are aware of this, 
the number six might be your lucky number because it keeps popping up. Uh, you know, you, you shot for six days for the other wife. Oh, um, you know, lucky number seven. She went on six dates, got stood up six times. Right. Um, and then, you know, the uh, the dinner party, you know, he got six mistresses, mm -hmm. you know, something mm -hmm. mythical about the number six, you know, yeah. what's going on in your career. It's just something to pay attention to. Um, but first of all, how many filmmakers, any filmmakers can say that they have a distribution deal? on these digital platforms, not many, you know, and it yeah. came because of your, your grit. It came because of your faith, right? Yes. You know, um, obviously at this point, you have no choice, but to say the streets want what you put out, <laughs> you know, right, right. Like, it ain't no more shorting yourself. It ain't no more, you know, um, limiting yourself, right? Because you didn't did well in all these film festivals and now you're on Roku, Apple TV, all of this, you know, not bad. For a filmmaker that's in right. like, what, her fifth year, yeah, fifth year of her career, you know what I'm saying? Doing all this by yourself, you know, what's the future looking like for Shaquille Roberts? Like, well, where do you go from here? Well, what is your ultimate goal? I know I just bombarded you with a lot. <laughs> just, just tell us, you know, what's next? So um, next, I am going to continue with the other wife. We're going to make more. Um, I also have a limited series that I'm working on. It's called Time. And, and it's a four-part limited series about a young guy who um, finally asks his crush out and he finds out that she's like trying to manipulate him into committing a crime. Mm. But basically trying to clear his name of this crime um, that was committed. So I have those two series but my ultimate goal is to continue to cultivate like community and collaboration in this industry um it's so important you know me I I, I thank God for this distribution deal um because not just for me you know but for there's so many people who worked on their own time and on their own dime on this show and also for the people who come up next to me because I am a filmmaker but I'm a huge mentor I'm very much like I found this out who else needs it mm -hmm. um so that is like huge 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 to me I've like just mentored so many people over these years in this industry based off what I know so I ultimately I want to continue to like go higher and go further so that I can pull everybody up with me because I know how it feels to be at the bottom of this industry, literally with like a, a script that I feel like is okay. And like two people that may believe in me and like, should I ask this actor? Is, am I good enough? Like I've gone through all of yeah. that yeah. and I still struggle with a lot of it. And it still takes God being like, girl, we got somewhere to go, you know? Mm -hmm. So my ultimate goal is, like, I want to continue to create content and I want to tell these stories so that I can help other people do the same. Beautiful, beautiful. Lifting as we climb, lifting as we climb. Uplift, uplift yes. is very important and it's crucial to humans, um, but more specifically, black people in our communities yes. and even more specific, hyper-specific, the black film community um, as a whole, but especially here in Chicago. Um, yeah. So we, we talked about your approach to writing. We, we talked about, you know, um, 
Yeah, so we talked about your approach to writing. What would you do you think at this point you've established like your own artistic eye when it comes to shooting your films? Um, do would you say that at this point since you're like five projects in? Um I will say that I am very much first and foremost a storyteller. I am very much like focused on um and even though like cinematography and all of those things add to the story I'm very much a writer I'm very much a director and so I don't get in the DP way I don't get in the gaffer's way like I don't okay. get any people way I collaborate with them and they work together but I try to I always get people that I know I can trust gotcha. like, you know what I mean I gotcha. know that what you telling me you you know you got my back because ultimately like even though I've played every role, I've even played a cinematographer role and I'm just not one. Um, ultimately, you cannot do everything. Like, I'm just not going to be a master at cinematography, okay? Uh, I'm a great writer. I'm a great director and I can produce, but I'm not, like, I won't claim to be like an expert in everything. Hmm. Okay, okay, that's fair. What would you, um, who would you say is like your biggest influencers um, when it comes to film director? I would say my biggest influencers, I love Issa Rae. I love Issa. I love um, Shonda, even though she's a writer. But I love Shonda. But that's what I'm saying about like me being like a story person because yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. more in terms of like writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's what like they influenced me so much i absolutely love shine around i absolutely love Issa ray like those are my favorites shonda rives had a monopoly on abc at one point oh man you know she like she had a whole block <laughs> just nothing but her shows and her yes. concerts, you know yes. um, so yeah she definitely got that bag what would you say what are your favorite movies my favorite movies oh my gosh so ultimately i still love the dark knight like that's what like pushed me to be like oh you know and that was like my first comic book movie I've ever seen I was like oh y'all doing some stuff um and the I, fact that it's filmed in Chicago exactly exactly that made me connected to me the most mm -hmm. um so The Dark Knight is like one of my like favorite films but I also love um What's Love Got to Do With It okay uh you know i love the temptation like i love all of those so like, like the old school yes okay. yes okay. those are my favorites like i can watch love what's love got to do with it forever okay it's my favorite you know i watched that movie for the first time in a long time last year i'm like damn yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like man it's a lot going on up in here yes. you know oh, but you know they killed their roles though they mm -hmm. killed their roles you know like for real for real like that really you know, a lot of people say uh, that's the first role that they think of when they think about Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, me you know, too. So, you know, a lot of people say that. Now, some people will, you know, say, oh, it might be something else. But, you know, a lot of people still say what's love got to do with it was yeah, the I role that Lawrence <laughs> just knocked down the whole, yeah. the whole wall. Um, so, since this is sociology, Shaquille, and you are from Chicago, and you are a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I like to end these interviews with what I call the SAT, Sociology Awareness Test. Okay. okay. All right. So, then I ask you a question. 
who was the first black director to make a film with an all-black cast? Hmm. The first black director to make a film. <sighs> mm, I don't born. know. I don't want to embarrass myself. You don't but embarrass I don't know. No, I don't know. Okay. It was before you was born. His name was William Foster. Oh. William Foster, he made a movie called The Railroad Porter in 1912. And he's from Chicago. Mm. His company, Foster Photoplay Production Company, was founded right here in Chicago in 1910. So that's some history for you. Yes. That's some history for a lot of us of African descent because, once again, Chicago was Hollywood before Hollywood. And a lot of film history, black film history started right here in Chicago that a lot of us didn't know. Like me personally, I didn't know that until literally the pandemic. Right. right? And I consider myself a film student my entire life. And I didn't even know that until the pandemic. Like we all know about Oscar Michaud, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Born in Illinois, I think it was like Metropolis, Illinois, you know. Um, we all know about him, but I didn't know about William Foster until about three years ago. So yeah, William Foster... His company was founded in 1910 right here in Chicago, Foster Photoplay Production Company, and his movie, The Railroad Porter, was the first film in the world with an all-black cast filmed by a black director. Wow. And he, okay, so he's a black man. Yep. Yep, I love that for us. Yep, I, I hate that it. I didn't know it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chicago always winning. You know, Chicago always winning. It yeah. is, it is, and we don't, we don't get, you know, the, we don't get the recognition that we deserve. But also, I think that there's potential there. Like you can be, you know what I mean. Like when we, we know LA is gonna do what it's gonna do, but Chicago is still so underrated that it's like there's potential for you to do so much there because a lot of people aren't. Facts. Period. That was my conversation with fellow Chicago filmmaker Shaquille Roberts. When you get a chance, please don't forget to download the Exposure Plus TV app so that you can stream her new web series, The Other Wife. It is available on Roku, Android TV, Apple TV, and more. So please support this young, brilliant filmmaker whose future is even brighter. You won't regret it. Trust and believe that. If you enjoyed this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on right now, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc., leave a five-star review and a comment. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe to our sister podcast, Mogul Motivation, from True Stories Media. 